in the dark recesses of the mind. A disease known as fear feasts upon the souls of those who cannot overcome its power. It's podcast time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll talk about very distant lands. We met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Welcome to Oh My Glob, an Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. Hi, Amy. I'm Matt. What? <laughs> I'm working on my podcast voice. You're working on your soft, sweaty balls podcast voice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so from now on, I'm talking like this. Oh, God. Okay, I'm joking. I'm Matt. And here we are, reviewing Adventure Time, episode by episode, starting from the beginning and running all the way to the end. That's right. Super excited today. This is post-Christmas extravaganza. Yeah, so we took a podcast. week off. Sorry. You. We took a week off from recording uh, because we were in Florida visiting some friends for a week. Yeah, it was really awesome. We had a really great time. Yes, we did. Could not have had a better visit. Yeah. How was your day today? It was awesome. Good. And I am very tired because I went to the gym and my workout kicked my butt. How about you? Workout kicked my butt too. I think it's that post-holiday, we haven't been to the gym in like Two weeks. I know, right? Well, we went to the gym when we were in Florida, but for like one time. But we ate like garbage. Yes, we did. And, and I it think was it's amazing. Definitely catching up on us. That's right. Um, so you excited for this week's episode? I am. Yeah, me too. It's I felt like it'd been forever since we've seen Adventure Time, so I was really excited to jump back into it. Me too. It was a lot of fun. So should we get on to it? Let's do it. All right. We are reviewing Ocean of Fear this week. Season 1, episode 16. Awesome. So, Ocean of Fear was rated a 7.9 on IMBD. It was directed by Larry Leachlider and Patrick McHale. It was storyboarded and illustrated, excuse me, written and storyboarded by some pretty clever fellas, J.G. Quintel. Oh. Yeah. From regular show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, And Cole Sanchez. Yeah, it seems kind of fitting that J.G. Quintel would work on this episode. It's It's got kind of that eclectic, bizarre sense of humor to it that uh, his other show does. It totally does. It's an interesting episode, to say the least. Yep. It aired on June 21st, 2010, and had 2 million viewers. Oh, you could probably hear our cat cleaning himself right now. It's a really disgusting sound. Stop but th- it. think of it as a background music. Gross. <laughs> so anyway, two million viewers. That's the I think that's the the most watched episode thus wow, far. Wow, I believe it is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was wondering when one was gonna cross the two million mark. Mm-hmm. So the title card shows Finn and Jake running towards some wreckage on an ocean floor. And for once, the title card has something to do with the episode. Isn't that funny? Yeah. It's good. Good job. Good job, team. Good job, team. So it opens up with some unique text and narration that says, quote, in the dark recesses of the mind. I'm trying to like mimic the voice of it. Sounds like Corey Feldman. A disease known as fear feasts upon the souls of those who cannot overcome its power. And it's quoting... Patrick McHale, <laughs> who is uh, a writer and storyboard artist for the show, as we know, and a director of the show. 
The episode opens with Finn and Jake chasing a purple newt dragon to the shore, and he's yelling at them to stop farting on him. Finn's like, you can't just go around stealing boots. Jake says, you know the penalty for stealing boots. It's poots on newts. Okay, I'd like to really quick point out, this is the second time they've focused on something stealing boots. Remember Jake stole boots? Yes. In City of Thieves? And now this newt stole boots. Yeah. Huh. There's something there. And also, this is the second time the word poots is used. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, poots, I, at least I'm hoping this is the case, because if so, it's awesome. Uh, poots was a term used in Rocco's modern life. Oh. Sorry, that's that's the era of um, cartoons that Pendleton Ward grew up watching. Huh. So I wonder if that was kind of a nod to Rocco's modern life. That's cool. Anyway, <laughs> poots on newts. So the newt runs in, into the water, and Finn's like, he's getting away in that lake. And Jake tells him, it's not a lake, it's an ocean. As they're running toward it, Finn freezes and everything goes all red and doomy. And it turns out he's deathly afraid of the ocean. So meanwhile, Jake is already on top of the newt, farting on its head. Poots on newts! Poots on newts! And Finn really doesn't want to miss out. He says, I'll poot on a newt as soon as I'm barefoot. (laughs) Barefoot. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. He does. He re- he rhymes it. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of, of rhyming. Oh, jinx. <laughs> jinx. Oh, crap. <laughs> There's a lot of rhyming in this episode. As soon as the water starts creeping near him, though, he freaks out and runs. Finn's stomach starts gurgling and a black mist comes out of his belly button, which was super creepy. Yep. dubs. It says it's a manifestation of Finn's fear of the ocean. His voice is done by... The one and only Mark Hamill. That's right. Mark Hamill's back doing almost the same voice he did the first time he appeared in the show. I like Mark Hamill as a voice actor. I think he's really cool. He's great. He's got such an animated voice. He really does. It's just fascinating. Who would have known that the guy who played Luke Skywalker would become like the quintessential villain voice actor? Right? So Finn argues he's not afraid of lakes, wells, rivers, streams, or deep wells. (laughs) (laughs) Why puddles. does he quote wells twice? I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> but the well, water- I guess there's a difference between a well and a deep well, although I would submit that most wells are deep. Yes, I would too. I don't want to go into wells after seeing the ring. No kidding. So, you know, Finn's, Finn's got me there. But the water creeps up again and he freaks out. The fear feaster calls him a wuss. Finn's like, I'm no wuss. I'm the hero around these parts. The fear feaster tells him that he's too afraid of the ocean to be a real hero. He really plays on... Finn's desire to be classified as a hero, and so he really, really tries to, like, I don't know if he's trying to egg him on or just be like, yo, dude, you're not as you're not as cool as you think you are. Yeah, it's like his, it's like his subconscious beating him down. Yeah. And so when I watched this, I, so being a therapist, this was really interesting watching this episode, and I could write a whole, like, psychological assessment on this, but I thought it was really um, interesting because... I think so often we have like these voices in our minds telling us like we can't do something or that we're not good enough or whatever. And I just thought it was really just a manifestation of that. And this episode really showed how our internal dialogue can keep us from doing great things. Absolutely. And if you are going to have an internal dialogue, it might as well be done by Mark Hamill. I know, right? That would be fabulous if my... I would love my internal dialogue. It'd be like that music that follows you around all the time, except your internal dialogue being Mark Hamill. That's right. Oh, speaking of music that follows you around all the time, we watched Muppet Christmas Carol the other day. I love that movie. And how are the songs from that not Christmas classics? I'd rather hear that stuff on rotation than Mariah Carey. Yes. Very (laughs) much yes. 
I almost said F yeah, <laughs> but not the F. Uh, not in this show. But yes, yes, yes. I love Muppet Christmas Carol. It's great. So the fear feaster tells him he's too afraid of the ocean. So Finn defiantly runs toward the ocean, but freezes as he's about to reach it. He claims that he will conquer his fear. And the fear feaster goes back into Finn's gut saying, of course you will. And I live in a two bedroom apartment that doesn't smell like vomit. <laughs> Sarcasm. I love that line. That was so funny. Jake comes back to shore and Finn admits his fear of the ocean and wants help conquering that fear. Jake's like, nah, I don't want to do it. As soon as he said that, I was like, dude, Jake's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) And then Finn's like, come on, man. And Jake's like, "Ah, I was just messing with you. I'll do it. Hmm, where to start? And he starts suggesting that they just take a few steps at a time into the water and is willing to hold Finn's hand. But Finn doesn't want to budge. So this is adorable. Jake pulls Finn's um, shoes off and with his feet makes these like boop, beep, boop, beep sounds. Little baby steps. Yeah, making these baby steps towards the ocean. But as soon as the water touches his feet, Finn reeks out and starts stomping on Jake's head, beating him up, saying, Jake, get me out of the water. Get me out of the water. Yeah, his, Basically jumping on him. His first instinct is to beat the crap out of Jake. Yeah, he does it over and over <laughs> in this whole episode. <laughs> so Jake balloons his head up and plops Finn back on a dry land. And Finn's fear gives him an idea. He's like, let's start a business out of being scared of the ocean. And Finn's like, Jake. He's like, all right, all right. I have a plan to get rid of your fear. And we're going to start tomorrow morning. But Finn wants to conquer the fear now, today. So he walks up to the ocean saying, I'm not afraid of you. But then a tiny splash of water gets on his cheek and in slow mo- in slow motion, his face contorts out of control with fear. I think it was just so, it's like the, no. It's a memeified face. I'm sure yes. everybody who watches the show knows that face. Mm-hmm. Where it becomes like super realistic. And yeah, it's gross just, looking. Oh, it's intense. The following morning, Jake sits on top of Finn on his bed and tells him it's time to wake up and conquer his fear of the ocean. But he'll only do it if Finn asks. Finn's like, I'm asking. Jake says, then get ready for my three-step plan. Watch your troubles melt away with step one. He slaps the walls and the entire bedroom crumbles down around them. It turns out he replicated the room and placed it out in the middle of the ocean. um, And Finn's bed is like floating on the ocean um, with him in it. And he's like in his little sleeping bag, like a little tucked in worm. Mm -hmm. Um, And Finn freaks out. Jake is nuts. Jake (laughs) is nuts. I appreciate that he is, he's genuinely trying to help Finn, but his methods make no sense when it comes to trying to cure somebody's fear. Yes, I agree. So he tells Jake that this is not an okay thing to do. And that he's nuts. And Jake's like, the ocean is your friend. You've got friends all around you. Miles and miles of friends. I thought that was pretty cool. That was like a good little reframe, you know? Yeah. It's everybody has him it- tied to a bed. Yeah. Well, yeah. And he's tied to the bed and in his little cocoon. His face is just sticking bag. out. He looks like a, th- his face looks like a thumbnail. Yeah. So Finn starts hyperventilating and tries to get out of his sleeping bag, but Jake tied it down. And he tells Finn that he'll untie him when he calms down. So Finn starts relaxing and Jake unties the sleeping bag for step two, which results in the bed falling apart. This makes Finn freak out even more. He says, it's touching me. Jake says, let it hold you, man. Let it hold you like a child. <laughs> great line. He's, it was a great line. He's been sitting on top of Finn this whole time. 
He tells Finn to control his breathing, and Finn tells him that he can't. So Jake decides to go into step three. He's like, I'm just going to push you underwater with my jowls. Just just don't scream. And he keeps saying that over and over. Don't <laughs> scream. Straight up don't him. scream. He wa- exactly. Exactly. So then he forces Finn's head underwater. Obviously, this backfires. Finn launches himself out of the sleeping bag. He, like, tears it off his body and onto Jake's head and starts beating up Jake's head. He gets all panicky and starts pounding on the top like like a cat does. It was – he. oh, gosh, it was freaking hilarious yep. and sad. Jake's head's like hamburger meat. So Finn stretches Jake's ears out into parachutes and he catches the wind to fly them over to a pile of rubble sticking out of the water from the title card. Uh, somewhere in that rubble is the Waving Snail. Ooh, Snail Watch, 2018. Snail Watch. <laughs> and we totally didn't catch him. We had to look it up. And he's like, how did I do? And Jake says, that they should just give up. He doesn't want to get beat up anymore. <laughs> he's this like, is this great. is my bread and butter, man. I can't have you messing with my bread and butter, he's dude. He's like gesturing to his face. Yeah, his face, which is all purple. And But Finn pleads for help, and Jake gives in. He makes Finn swear that he won't hit him anymore, and that he'll only speak in rhymes. And Finn says, I swear that pigs have hair. <laughs> and from here on out, there's a lot of rhyming. <laughs> yep. So Jake moves on to step four, claiming that, you know, it's out of the three-step plan that he's a bad counter. And he pulls a submarine, which he calls the sea cucumber. That's adorable. <laughs> from the mass of rubble, they hop in and descend into the water. On the ocean floor, we can see that there's like this drowned city. And I wonder if it's from the mushroom war that we hear about later in the series. Finn says, it's pretty math, you psychopath. Jake tells him it looks even more math if he opens his eyes. When Finn does, he's actually kind of digging it. He's like, man, this isn't bad. I'm actually glad. Dr. Seuss rhymes now. Totally. But of course, Jake sees a black abyss and decides to steer them into it, which is the last thing you want to do when he, again, trying to cure this kid's deathly fear of the ocean. Right. So Finn starts panicking again, and the face of the fear feaster comes up from the dark. So Finn pounds Jake onto the floor and takes control of the steering. But he doesn't know what the controls do, so he launches missiles at a, a drowned building, and it falls onto the sea cucumber and floods it with water. Luckily for Finn and Jake, this segues them into step five. So Jake pulls out some diving gear, and he gives it to Finn. He says, hey, dude, put this on, but don't pull the emergency tab. But, of course, Finn's first instinct is to pull the emergency tag, which blows him up into a balloon and breaks the sea cucumber, knocks Jake's head against the wall, and he goes unconscious and starts falling down into the abyss while the sh- ship breaks in half and Finn floats up to the surface. So he pulls himself up onto a buoy and the fear feaster rises from his gut, calling him pathetic. He says, you can't even overcome your fear now that your friend is about to die. Your unheroic body will never let you save Jake. And Finn realizes that he's right. So the only thing he can do is pull a wrench out of his pocket, what? which comes out of nowhere, and he knocks himself out with it, making and it makes like this ah! Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls a wrench out and uh, knocks himself out with it. And he just goes, boop. Makes like a rubber ducky sound. It's really funny. So he falls unconsciously into the water. And luckily, the helmet of his wetsuit closes automatically when he falls in. How convenient. It is convenient. (laughs) Finn wakes up on a bedding of bioluminescent algae. Mm. Did you want to say that? Bioluminescent algae. (laughs) Next to Jake, who starts to wake up. Jake says, hey, you did it. You overcame your fear of the ocean. And Finn doesn't even realize what Jake is talking about at this point. Jake says, we're on the ocean floor. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Finn starts going berserk again. So, like, this this panic starts taking over him. All Jake had to do was, once he realized Finn didn't know that they were on the ocean floor, he should have just said, okay, just close your eyes and I'm going to float you to the top. Yeah, right? So, Jake or Finn starts pulling on that emergency tab that he did before, but because he did it once, it doesn't work. Jake's like, dude, you're going to be fine. We're going to go up to the top. He pulls his and they float up to the surface. When they get to the shore, the fear feaster comes out of Finn's gut again and says, you know, you'll never get over your fear of the ocean. And Jake is just seeing this thing for the first time. He's like, what's up, what's up with your belly button, dude? <laughs> so Finn's annoyed and he says, what the flip, man? I swam to the bottom. The fear feaster's like, you didn't, cheater. You just sank to the bottom. You're never going to be a great hero. And Finn gets all doe-eyed and admits that it's true. He's like, I'll never be a hero. As he says that, his stomach starts gurgling and he farts out a black misty limo onto the beach. This is like... I was like, what is happening? At this happening? point, it's like, what the, what is happening in this yeah, episode? <laughs> right? So three ghostly heads pop up out of the windows. One says, Finn, you're wrong. The mark of a great hero is his flaw. The fear feasters like, you know nothing, wise men. The middle head says, silence, fear feasters. We do a lot. So Finn asks why they waited so long to tell him. And the middlehead says, because the limo driver's flaw is being late. And the driver's like, sorry. So he slowly rolls his window up awkwardly. And the... <laughs> it's just so weird. It is but weird. We were overdue for a really weird episode. We haven't seen one in a little while. Well, it's it's so... It's like, hey, we have this whole storyline, but now we're going to throw this whole like weird thing into the story. Hold on to your belts. Get along for the ride. I don't know. That didn't make sense. It's very Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. So the wise men tell Finn farewell and that he truly is the greatest hero in Ooh. The limo drives back into Finn's belly. And Finn tells a fear feaster that it's time for him to go away. Fear feaster's like, what am I supposed to live in your tummy the rest of my life? Finn says, everybody has a flaw and it looks like yours is smelling like my nasty guts. The fear feaster floats back into Finn's belly saying, wonderful. And then the narrator comes back, chiming in, and so fear is forced deep. I, I, I didn't do it right. And so fear is forced deep within the soul of a hero, conquered, at last, for now. So, what did you think of the episode? This episode is right. Huh? I think it's pretty I, funny. I didn't find it funny. I, I found it interesting. And a real, like... Story, like I said before, like a story of how our inner dialogue can really dictate how we respond to situations. Finn's lesson is learning that he has some imperfections and and has to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at picking the lessons from the show. Yeah, let's see. So Finn's lesson is that he has some imperfections as a hero, mm-hmm. and what truly makes a hero. Uh, I think it's cool that what truly makes a hero is that they actually have flaws. Like, they're not perfect because heroes aren't perfect. You know, and I think that's that's important. The thing that makes him bravest is working through his fears. Yeah, absolutely. I think that because, like, it's that whole dichotomy of, like, light versus dark and, like, joy versus happiness. Like, you have to have some flaws in order to know your strengths and to be able to try and, and improve yourself. Um, and so you can know differently. Definitely. I love having a flawed hero. Otherwise, it's kind of boring. Right. It's like, oh, great. They're going to win again. Yep. This is great. So uh, what were the things you didn't like about the episode? Hmm. What I didn't like about the episode? I, I don't know. 
know. I, it just was an interesting episode. I just don't know. Like, I didn't, like, super like it like I've liked other ones, but I didn't hate it. I think that it, I don't know. I don't know. What about you? Uh, I love it. It's a very chaotic one. Mm-hmm. And I do like that we went from a, a very uh, emotional episode to something really strange and just kind of crazy like this one afterwards. But I think it's like, that's their flow. That's what they've been doing. We've seen that in other episodes where it'll be like a, a really emotionally charged or like something really thematic. And then we'll see- Ricardo just this, the hard guy. Yeah, right? Like this rando episode. You're just like, what, just, what did I just watch? We've still got some doozies to come. So do you want to hear your original prediction for what this episode was going to be based on the title? Yes. So, you thought there was going to be something involving armpits because I was wrong. It was Finn's belly button. Oh. So, so, my bad. I dropped the ball. Gosh dang it, Matthew. I know. So, you guessed that Finn and Jake go to the beach and they decide that they want to learn to surf. But one of the two had a tragic surfing accident in the past and so they're fearful. Ooh. I got... Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, they have to work through this. But part of it is one of them having to relearn how to swim <laughs> under the instruction of a mermaid. Dang it. Finn has to wear floaties, which cover his armpits and make him feel like he doesn't look manly. And in the end, they decide to hang 10 and everything is right in the world. Dang, I was so close. <laughs> I like that synopsis. I practically got it. <laughs> I swear, I'm going to make my own cartoon show one day out of all these synopses. I think you should. I think that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, did you find any trivia on this episode? Yeah, um, I learned that. Hold on, let me bring it up. So, the narrator at the beginning and the end is Clancy Brown. Ah, oh, you beat me to it. Ha, ha, ha. Who is the voice of Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob SquarePants. That he is. And he's also the Kurgan in Highlander. Oh. The villain. And he's also the voice of the big demon guy at the beginning of Thor Ragnarok. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. I like it. He's kind of typecast as a villain. He's one of those actors who's apparently super nice in real life. And he gets kind of annoyed that he only gets villainous roles. So kind of like another uh, guest voice actor we had on the show, the guy that Biff Tamlin, uh, what's his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's another actor who only gets cast as villains, and he's like, I swear I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Japanese broadcast of this episode in 2012 included, caution, there are scenes with big waves in the opening, written in hiragana, hmm. which was added in consideration for children who survived the Tohoku tsunami in 2011. This episode aired with the same caption as of 2016. Interesting. That's some weird wording. That's really kind of cool that they are mindful of the trauma that those kiddos may have faced and they're trying to be like, hey, FYI, this is a thing. Absolutely. So do you have a favorite line from this episode? I most certainly do. Ooh, what's it going to be? So my favorite line is, the mark of a great hero is his flaw. Nice. I thought that was really cool. So you, got really... The, you got the insightful one. I got someone completely different. What is yours? Everybody has a flaw, and it looks like yours is smelling like my nasty guts. Yep, that's about <laughs> right. That's her relationship right there. <laughs> <laughs> she finds a deeper meaning in things we watch, and I'm like, I like the pot with the violence. <laughs> uh, the beginning part was really funny, though, where they're farting on her head. I felt like... <laughs> Gross. I felt like when you were... <laughs> when you talking about stop farting on me... I thought that you might personalize that by how much I fart on you or fart around you and how stinky they are. No. This makes me love you more. Yay. Okay, Matt, I'd love to hear your impression. Anytime there's a Mark Hamill episode, I've got to do his character. Mm-hmm. 
and I live in a two-bedroom apartment that doesn't smell like vomit. <laughs> Sarcasm. Oh my gosh, you stole mine! Oh yeah! <laughs> That's awesome. Do it anyway. No, 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 no. You gotta do it. No, I'm gonna do a different one. I'm gonna do it. Stop farting on me, it's gross! <laughs> Poots on newts. Poots on newts. That was the newt from the beginning. Super great. Oh yeah, Who looks more like a dragon. Okay, so should we give um, the prediction for the next episode? Yes. What's the title of it, Maddie? All right, so the next episode's title is When Wedding Bells Thaw. When Wedding Bells Thaw. Okay, so my prediction is it's going to be an Ice King episode because of the thawing part. I don't know, maybe. So the Ice King creates a princess out of ice so and then he uses magic to bring it to life but like his frozen animals she remains ice okay so she's alive by ice so then what happens is they have a big ceremony and everyone comes to to see him get married But she starts thawing because the sun comes out and she starts being like a puddle. And then he collects her into. You guys, she's so wrong. What? Nothing. Then collects her into a fishbowl and carries the fishbowl around with him and keeps her in the fishbowl as his wife. Meanwhile, Finn and Jake are trying to learn how to recreate the lightning bolts that the Ice King has. So they can save Ooh from a giant. You got it. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park. I'm really excited to see <laughs> how my prediction fares. It's going to be, you're going to love it. I'm excited. <laughs> so we've got some listener feedback this listener week. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Oh, is that going to be the listener feedback segue? Sure. <laughs> listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Just listener saying feedback. it twice. Yeah, you know, it's good. (laughs) Yep. So, we got a um, five-star review on iTunes from Fart567IR. Love it. Um, Totally appropriate for this episode because of the poots on newts. You know it. The title says, this podcast is amazing. They say, I love this podcast and I cannot wait for the next one. Thanks, Fart. Thank you. Oh, wait. Was that the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, you know what? He um he wrote he or she they? Wrote, yes they wrote uh they ended up taking that one down and putting up a new five star review. Oh, should I read that one? Absolutely. Okay, so um fight fight fart five six seven ir says I love this podcast. I cannot wait for the next one. Also, no wonder that you don't like season six and the DVD. The case is made of plastic bag and makeup. Lumbee's space princess. <laughs> if you're wondering. I have given you like 16 five-star reviews, and my favorite episode is probably Fire and Earth or The Red Throne. This is because I ship Cinnamon Bun and Fire Princess. Also, I love the episode's flute song because I also (laughs) ship Finn and Huntress Wizard. Finally, I also am so happy that Princess Bubblegum and Marceline got together. Unfortunately, only one of those actually got together, and Finn, I would rather date Cinnamon Bun than you. Come to think of it. I would love to date Cinnamon Bun. Cinnabon emoji. You mentioned me last episode. What is life? So thanks. And one last thing is, can you mention me in Ocean of Fear? If so, thanks. Per hands. This podcast is so amazing. And I don't like lumps. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And Fart. yes, of course, we're going to mention you again. Totally. Thank you so much for the five-star review. We love it. We appreciate it. You're the bomb.com. You are the bomb.com. 
And our next review is also a five-star review on iTunes. This is a little one by Tip Tap McSnap. I like that name. And it says, this podcast is tops, Blueby. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's the best. I read that. I was like, yeah, I dig it. I dig. So, yeah, that's our listener feedback for this week. Thank you guys so much. If you haven't reviewed our, our podcast, we would love for you to give us a review on iTunes, and we will give you a shout out on our next episode. You know it. So, Amy, any any plugs this week? Um, No. I'm good. No plugs? All right. So, um, Amy and I are thinking about, we're talking about starting a second podcast. Ooh. Wait, and, what uh, are we doing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's just finding out about it now. We are? <laughs> it's gonna happen. No. Oh. So, uh, once we have a few more details about it, we're, we'd love to tell you about it. So, wait on the edge of your seat tenuously for our decision Oh, and I wanted to mention on in our Facebook page, I asked what are some recommendations that Adventure Time fans have for other cartoon shows. One or two people mentioned Steven Universe, and I finally got around to checking that show out, and I'm loving it so far. I ended yeah, up binging so like half the first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the one where his fingers turn into cats. Yeah, freaky deaky. That was freaky. But yeah, having a blast with that show. So thanks for the recommendation. Also, don't forget, if you have original Adventure Time artwork that you want to share with us, we'll totally post it on our social media um, outlets to get your work out there. You know it. I keep saying that today. I apologize. What I meant to say is darn Skippy. Darn Skippy. Totally tubular. (laughs) Radical. Gnarly. So you can email us at ohmygloppodcast at gmail.com. We're on facebook.com slash ohmyglobpodcast. Our website is ohmyglobpodcast.wordpress.com. And you can rate and review us on iTunes. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, which is also our handle is, guess it, at ohmyglobpodcast. Yes, it is. (laughs) Can't wait for next week when we talk about the wedding... Thaw- thawing oh, you forgot the name, so did situation. I. <laughs> and I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll check you out later. Peace out. Bye.